on the Word of Mom Radio Network. I am so excited today to invite Ryan Carson. He is with an organization called NYPIRG, and I'm going to let him explain what that is. But how I met Ryan is that, you know, if you've been following our shows, you know that I've been very passionate about New York State and the Bigger Better Bottle Bill and the packaging reduction, and I've been working with many organizations in New York State Clean and Healthy New York, and others. But the main one I've been working with is beyondplastic.org. They are amazing, and we have been doing a lot of events. So Ryan and I have really been able to connect, and I have just never met somebody so passionate. His top priority is the Bigger Better Bottle Bill. So I'm going to let him take it from here as to what the organization is that he works for and what drives him. So Ryan, welcome to our show. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Really love to be here. Yeah. So I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm. And I cannot wait in 2024 to celebrate with you when this gets passed. (laughs) Yeah, same here. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I mean, it's literally 40 years in the making. Better late than never, right? Well, and so you were in the making somewhere in the middle of all that, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, this is... uh, It's rare that I get to work on policy that's older than I am. So, uh, you know, a lot of the other kind of bills that I've worked on in the past have all been things that would be new to New York. And this is really just kind of updating and revising a law that's been incredibly successful. Very, very excited to be here and very excited to talk about the bill. Great. But first, let's learn what the NYPIRG stands for. What your position is there? NYPIRG, it stands for the New York Public Interest Research Group. One of these classic organizations that were founded around good government and government accountability in the 1970s. That, of course, has a long name and has, uh, you know, each of the letters stands for something, right? So we've been around since 1973, like I said, and essentially the organization was founded by college students looking to have a real impact on public policy at the state level. So we trace our roots back to the college movements of the 60s and 70s, particularly around Ralph Nader, who folks might be familiar with. We're public interest warriors. So we're working to not only enact public policy, but we're also doing the research that has to go through that advocacy. We train the next generation of student leaders. So NYPIRG is directed by college students, actually, something that we're very, very proud of. I was actually on the student board of directors before I became a staff person. And so we focus on issues of good government, public health, environmental protection and sustainability, as well as things like voter registration. We uh, register more college students to vote than any other organization in the state, something we're very proud of. And so we really focus on having a direct and tangible impact in Albany and really training young people to learn while doing. We really believe in kind of, uh, you know, building the plane while we're flying it. And we are really excited to be working on a ton of cutting edge environmental policy. And, you know, the bottle bill is actually one of NYPIRG's first victories dating way back to 1982, 
was wow. one of the first major environmental victories that we had at the state. And so just in case people aren't familiar with what a bottle bill is, essentially what it does is it puts a deposit onto beverage containers. So when you go to your local store and you say buy a bottle of Coca-Cola, there's a five cent deposit that you're paying on that bottle. So you pay that five cents, you get the beverage, you drink it, and then you're able to return it to the store and get your five cents back. And what that actually does is it creates that, you know, circular economy that we're always talking about with recycling, you know, those arrows that are chasing each I, other around. I know the arrows well. Exactly. The I bottle live bill by actually, the arrows. <laughs> yes, yes. And so with the, with the bottle bill, you know, it's um, one of the most successful pieces of recycling policy in the state. Thing, containers that are covered by the bottle bill are three times more likely to become a new container. And so that's really what this is all about, is just making sure that we're using the market itself in order to promote ideas of sustainability and recycling. Well, I applaud you for it. And unfortunately, there is that, it would be nice that everyone did the right thing, but having that fee attached is something that does matter. I remember, because I mean, mine's a little different, mine's the garment bag, and there is no fee on dry cleaning bags, but I try to tell these dry cleaners, yet. Like your time is coming. So you might as well be part of the solution now and and create it rather than it being imposed on you later because you're next. It's just a matter of time. It's coming. But with this, you know, we always talk about there's plastic and glass and all that at parks and places like of where the public goes. And because there is a fee on it, you have all these hands helping you to clean up that park, not just the people that are employed there, because there is that fee. And then they can supplement their income. Some people have their only income. Some people donate it, whatever they want to do, right? And that's the, the theory of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And you make a really good point too, Tanya, with the, the deposit on the bottle, you know, it really is about incentivization. And it was, when the bill was originally passed, it was really about litter. Um, you know, this was what this was before I was born. But, you know, I look at old photos of New York in the late 70s and early 80s. And, you know, one of the major things that stands out to you if uh, you look at New York City photos is just the amount of trash that's on the street. Absolutely. And, and so what's been really incredible about the bottle bill over its 40 year history is it's actually reduced roadside litter by 70% in New York State, according to the Depart Department of Environmental Conservation. And so it's been a incredibly successful law at doing what it was initially set out to do. But as you point out, you know, there's been this whole other informal economy that sprung up around this bill. I know that there's a lot of not-for-profits. I mean, I actually was, I was a Boy Scout when I was a kid, and we used to collect bottles and cans for fundraisers. And so, you know, this it's is a, great it's a really... It's, it's great. It's fantastic. And I think that for a lot of people, you know, that five cents might not matter so much to you. That's one of the reasons why we want to update the law to move the deposit up to 10 cents to more incentivize people to account for inflation. But, you know, a lot of people do choose to donate, um, whether it's the bottles themselves or the money that they get back from the deposit. And, you know, it's been a major, major boon to certain economies in New York. I mean, this bill created the redemption center industry in the state, which, you know, employs thousands of people. And so this is a really incredible bill that has really revolutionized the way that we think about recycling. But it has been 40 years. It was somewhat updated in 2009, but it is time. It, you know, I know with inflation, it should be 15 cents, but yeah. 
we're just asking for 10 cents because like you said, five cents is a disposable amount and we don't want these to be disposable. Plus the redemption centers that you mentioned, my education with all this and working with all you people is that the redemption centers, there's not enough money there for them because everybody else has gotten a raise, right? Everybody is getting their hourly raise. We're bringing up all those type of things and that we should, but the redemption centers, if you think of it, have not gotten a raise in 40 years. That's absolutely correct. And it's, it's incredibly important. I mean, we've seen that, I believe it's about 20% of redemption centers um, have closed over the last 10 years. And, you know, you've, you've got to think about where the minimum wage was, say, 10 years ago to where it is now in New York State. And if yeah, it has. And, you know, the cost of living has gone through the roof in New York. I mean, New York is, you know, obviously one of the more expensive states to live in in the country. And so we, we really need to adjust this for those folks that, you know, rely on this as their, as their business. And we can't allow those people to get priced out. And on top of that, you know, these businesses, these redemption centers are doing some of the hardest work around recycling in the state. I mean, the fact of the matter is the reason why the bottle bill works so well is it creates a separate recycling stream. And that means that it's much more likely to become a new type of product. And, you know, there's a ton of reasons why that is. You know, you're talking about a cleaner product. You're talking about a bunch of products that are alike that get to be put together. And crucially, when we're talking about curbside recycling in New York State, um, there isn't really a, um, you know, a singular approach to curbside recycling in New York. Depending upon where you live, you could have um, any number of different types of recycling programs. But one thing that happens all across the state is that when glass breaks around other recyclable material, oh. when it's going through a single stream device, it means that everything around it cannot be recycled. And so really what we want to do with expanding to, say, wine and liquor bottles with the Bigger Better Bottle Bill is start to pull out some of that tricky glass out of the recycling stream. Now, that's going to make people's jobs safer, obviously, because, you know, they're not going to be having to deal with broken glass. But it's also going to mean that our recycling rates are going to go up because the amount of recycled product is going to be easier to access. And so it's really just a win-win for the environment. It's also going to save municipalities a ton of money because they're going to have to just haul less, less waste. When you have to haul less waste, that also means less garbage trucks on the road. That means lower asthma rates. You know, this is a really incredible wraparound approach to the way that we deal with waste in New York State. It's really just a win-win for all New Yorkers. Well, I agree. And I must say that I've been inspired by you and so many others because I went there because my business is packaging, you know, the garment bag and all that is packaging. But I came out a complete advocate for the bigger, better bottle bill. I mean, you hear me, right? I'm like, I've done my recycling different because you only have to tell me something once. And this whole thing about the glass contaminating the rest when because we just want to make it convenient for the homeowners. So they say, well, just put it all in one. And then the glass breaks, it contaminates everything else. And now it's all trash. And didn't that just defeat the purpose of what we're doing? So now I actually put my glass separate outside. I have a separate thing. This is my glass. I am going to talk to my local municipality and I'm going to ask them, you know, maybe you could collect it differently. It might take another step, but isn't that worth another step if we don't make it all trash? So you guys have really, really gotten me on board. That was an eye opener. And I just, I'm really grateful for that knowledge. 
Yeah, and I think for a lot of New Yorkers, they just don't really think about the fact that, you know, our waste industry accounts for 12% of global greenhouse gas emissions here in New York. And so when we start to talk about, you know, what we're going to do to tackle climate change, and, you know, as we're recording this just a couple of days ago, there was massive flooding in Hudson Valley. We have to really be thinking about the amount of emissions that we have across the state. And so 12% coming from our dumps and our landfills that's not an insignificant amount of greenhouse gases. You know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of metric tons per year. And so every little bit that we can chip away with there, you know, the better off that we're going to be. And this is a really holistic approach to the waste industry. It's not just talking about recycling. And, you know, recycling, I feel like, is one of those things where everybody's really familiar with, you know, the benefits of recycling in terms of just creating a new product, but they might not be familiar with the, the fact that plastic production in particular is responsible for massive greenhouse gas emissions, particularly because plastic in and of itself is made of a fossil fuel. And I think that that's oftentimes kind of left out of the equation here when we talk about our approach to solid waste. Well, and it is multifaceted. Um, I was giggling before because um, as some of the listeners know, I also, and you might know, I do crumb cakes. And so I decide I, I'm moving to the Hudson Valley eventually. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the farmer's market. It's right next to where I live upstate in, the, in Putnam County. And I got rained on a monsoon. <laughs> it was my first experience doing a farmer's market there. So when you talked about the rains, I was stuck in those rains and it was, crazy. There was like massive flooding and parking lots. It was really, I'm giggling about it because I got out safely, but it was really like scary because there was just flooding everywhere. People got stuck with their cars. So, you know, there are things that we definitely have to look at. And so, you know, back to the whole thing with fees too. I remember with reusable grocery store bags, one of the stats that just really got me was in Washington, D.C. years ago, maybe 2010 or something like that, they had imposed a fee on grocery store bags. And within one month of imposing that fee, it went down 25%, so 25% of people using reusables because there was a fee on it. And you don't need much of a fee because unfortunately, but when you do something with the fee. So talk about that too, that, there's a lot of money that's abandoned, which I, was another eye-opening thing for me, that we might donate it, we might put it in, and there's this whole separate economy that we talked about. If you guys listen to the show, you know we had an absolutely incredible interview with our mutual friend Martin of the Redemption Center, and, and he is just incredible, and we just wish him so, so well in all his endeavors. But a lot gets forgotten. We pay the fee and it just goes into our regular recycling. So we're basically like throwing the money in the trash. So one of the eye-opening things that you had brought up to me was that that money that's abandoned now in California, which came out with Martin, they take that abandoned money, which could be in the millions, and they turned around and they hired R. Martin and his team to come up with something and he's going to be heading out to California with that because he got a grant. But in New York state, that money just goes into like a slush fund, right? That money should be reallocated as California does into helping 
the redemption centers or education or something along those lines. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I generally think that, you know, the money that's generated from a program should just be reinvested into a program the vast majority of the time. I just think it's a good approach governmentally. So, you know, when the, so to just take a step back for a second, when this law was originally passed back in 1983, that five cent deposit went a long way. Obviously, five cents had a lot more buying power 40 years ago. And so, um, people were um, returning their bottles and cans in the high 80s, low 90s percentage-wise. Unsurprisingly, over the last 40 years, if you look at the return rate across the state, it starts to decline and then level off over time. So I believe it was in 2020, about 64% of bottles and cans were returned for their deposit. This in and of itself shows that the program is broken and needs needs a fix. I mean, if um, the financial component of it is not driving people to recycle, then the law is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. So with that, though, because only 64% are bringing back their bottles and cans to be redeemed, what that means is that nearly a third of the bottle deposits are not going back to the consumer after they purchase their bottle or can. So that money actually ends up being $120 million. A lot of money. That could do a lot of good. Yeah, you could do a lot with $120 million. I would love to have $120 million. That's like about a Powerball jackpot, right? And so on um, that money, you know, $3 million of it is earmarked to go to the Environmental Protection Fund, which is great. You know, I mean, we, we definitely think that, you know, an environmental program should be supporting other environmental programs. But, you know, that's then $117 million that's just sitting around that is not accounted for that goes into the state's general fund. So what we would really like to see and what I think the Bigger Better Bottle Bill, which is um, sponsored by Senator Rachel May and Assemblywoman Deborah Glick, um, that money would be reinvested into the system under the new bill, the new expansion. And so that would go to make it easier for consumers. You know, a part of it would establish a fund so that if you are, say, a supermarket and you want to purchase a what's called a reverse vending machine, so it makes it easier, you can just put your bottles and cans into this machine and then it'll debit your account. The state would actually put money from this program into building up that infrastructure. And I think you mentioned Martin, you know, one of the things that Martin is really is doing that I find to be really interesting is looking at ways in which, you know, we can use new technology in general to make it easier for businesses to have better recycling outcomes. And so I think that really this, you know, when we're talking about $120 million, I mean, that money should be invested into the system to make it easier for consumers to get their money back, to increase our recycling outcomes. And I think just in general, you know, it's just pretty good governmental policy. And right now, you know, the state just kind of uses this money for whatever they feel like. And I think that um, we really should earmark it to increase recycling. And, you know, as I mentioned before, this is going to save municipalities money anyways, just from the amount of waste that's going to be diverted. And I think that we can really scale up some of our recycling infrastructure in the state with that remaining funds. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you are having the municipalities have higher costs, that spills out into the public, right? So everybody benefits from that. So we're going to take a little bit of a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something I really love, the wineries and the breweries and how we can work with them for 
maybe not recycling their bottles, but a way of getting them to reuse their bottles back in the day. That's the way that they used to do it and maybe bring that back. And then we'd like to find out how we can help you to promote what you're doing. I know we talked about Plastic Free July and you have the college students collecting the little nip bottles. I've already collected some. They're everywhere. They are. They are. So we're just going to take a little bit of break and hear from our sponsors. I know this show is sponsored by It's My Bag, and we're going to hear from the rest of the sponsors. See you on the other side. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Are you experiencing insomnia, brain fog, hot flashes, mood swings, and more? These are many of the symptoms women experience on a daily basis affecting the health of their brain and increasing the risk for dementias like Alzheimer's disease down the road. A healthy lifestyle can make a big difference for the health of the brain, but Brain Love Health took it further and created an innovative nutritional supplement, especially for women, to support us through this transitional time while also promoting better sleep and long-term brain health. Don't wait any longer to help your brain age well. Why let it deteriorate? The health of your brain is in your hands. To begin protecting it today, visit brainlovehealth.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back. So Ryan. You and I have been talking a lot about the wineries and the breweries. We have them on Long Island. We have them in the Hudson Valley. We have them all throughout New York State. And there is one in particular that I am going to, I don't have the answer yet, but I am definitely going to talk to the owner about because what we want is to have them to be able to reuse the bottles that they have. And these people, their bottles are gorgeous. There's no reason why they have to be broken up and then redone again. It's just a waste of energy and resources. So back in the day, when I was a barmaid, uh, we used to collect the bottles for the beer, and we would put them back in the case that they came in, and then somebody would take them away, and they would sterilize them, and they would refill them because glass is 100% reusable. 
And so part of the Bigger Better Bottle Bill is to be able to do that. So not only do we have municipalities on our side because they're spending money they don't want to be spending anymore, we also have the wineries on our side because they don't have the resources to keep making new products to put their wonderful spirits in. So tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that a lot of folks are probably familiar with those classic Coca-Cola bottles, too. Up until the 1960s, when plastic became incredibly cost-effective for companies, you know, it used to be those Coca-Cola bottles could be reused 50 times before they'd even have to be melted down into a new bottle. And so this really is a very cost-effective approach to this. I mean, you know, this was obviously well before my time as well, but, you know, the old, um, you know, the milkman, you know, used to come and like get your bottle and then refill it, you know. And so this really is just a very sustainable approach to this. And so one of the key partners in the Bottle Bill 40 Coalition, and we're a coalition of over 300 groups, so we work with a ton of different folks, but a key partner has actually been the Glass Producers Institute. So GPI is really interested in making sure that it's very cost effective for people to continue to use glass. And so the Glass Producers Institute loves bottle bills. They think that they're great because it just allows them to keep track of that product. And it makes sense, right? Because when you put a cost, uh, you're literally giving that bottle a cost. You're saying that bottle costs 10 cents and then that gets to move through the system and you get to keep track of it. And so, you know, a lot of liquor brands and wineries are really interested in this because, you know, the market also dictates that people are really, really interested in sustainability. And so people want to be drinking beverages where they think that there's going to be a lower cost in terms of the climate impact or the trash impact. And so this, you know, this will allow for wineries to have access to low cost glass, whether they want to melt it down or if they want to move to a refill and reuse system. I know my local supermarket, they have a growler system. If people aren't familiar with growlers, they're these large glass bottles where you can just get beer to go. And I love doing that. I love to just be able to pay the deposit for that bottle and I can just get that refilled with beer that I get to take home with me. And so, you know, this is really the approach we want for wine and liquor brands to have. And I think, you know, New York is one of the largest producers of wine in the entire country. You know, I mean, we're right behind California. So I think that we really need to make this easier for these brands that we want to celebrate as a state to have access to cleaner material and to really New York used to be a leader in terms of environmental issues. And I think that we need to need to get back there and, you know, start following other states examples like California that is investing more and more into their recycling infrastructure. Well, I'm all in for that. And refilling stations, that's a whole nother thing. I'm so into refilling stations. It just doesn't make sense. You spend all this money on beautiful packaging. What? So it winds up in a recycling bin or in the trash? No. Or in a landfill. (laughs) A landfill. There's just no point. But that is definitely something yet to come. So I know you have some exciting things before we round out. There's exciting things coming up, and I'm part of it, too, with Beyond Plastic. We're going to be in Long Island City on Thursday, I believe it is, right? The Do you 20th, want to talk yeah. about that? Next yeah, Thursday. absolutely. So we're going to be on the 20th of July. We're going to be rallying outside BEC Regional Headquarters number two, which is in Long Island City, like you and mentioned. And BEC stands um, for? The Department of Environmental Conservation. So the DEC is responsible for maintaining the bottle bill program. 
there's a ton of different things that the DEC can do to better support this program. You know, one thing that we're really working towards is the DEC putting out more grant funding to redemption centers that are struggling to stay open because of all the cost reasons that we mentioned earlier. And so we're really going to be rallying to the DEC to let them know that they need to be doing more in terms of public education so that consumers are able to bring their bottles and cans back to the point of sale. A lot of places do not accept their bottles and cans that they sell back, and the DEC needs to do a better job of publicly educating stores on what they need to do. And the other thing that we'll be talking about that day is that there's a major problem with enforcement around the state's plastic bag ban. You're not supposed to use plastic bags. If you go to any New York City store, chances are that you're going to be offered a plastic bag. We really need to see some more enforcement around this issue. In particular, you know, there's brands like Family Dollar, for example, that are using plastic bags in droves, and they 100% know that they should not be using plastic bags. And for a major brand like that, I'm guessing here, but I think probably a Fortune 500 company, you know, they shouldn't be able to get away with that. And DEC should use them as an example and hit them with citations and make them pay their fair share for violating so, you know, we're really just rallying around the fact that the DEC needs to be doing more to publicly educate New Yorkers on, you know, the most sustainable approaches and really just enforcing the laws that we already have on the books. You know, we've got some pretty progressive environmental policies that have gotten passed over the last couple of years that DEC is just not holding up their end of the bargain on. All right. So we're going to be down there on the 20th. Anybody's in Long Island City wants to come join us. But even if you go, it might be regional because I go to the dollar stores out here on Long Island and they give me paper, which, you know, that's better. It's not great, but it's on the right path. So it might be like a New York City thing versus the Long Island. So maybe the whole company isn't really doing it that way, but maybe just regionally. But we're going to find out. Hopefully others can help join in. Absolutely. And we'd love to, anybody who is um, around, around noon on the 20th, we'd love to see you there. All right. Awesome. So is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners? Yeah. You know, I mean, I would just say if you are at all interested in what we were talking about today, you should contact your local assembly person or senator and ask them to sponsor the Bigger Better Bottle Bill. In the Senate, that's Senate Bill 237. In the assembly, the bill number is 6353. And again, the sponsor in the Senate is Rachel May, and the sponsor in the Assembly is Deborah Glick. And we really, if your legislator is not on this bill yet, you should ask them why and let them know that you support really well-researched and well-publicized recycling technology. And this is something that has worked for 40 years. We just need to set it up to have another 40 years of success. Well, that sounds great. And if you're not from New York, Feel free to call our New York legislation and then anyone else that you can to just say, New York, we want you to be the leaders in this because we're going to want it in our state and we're going to make a difference. And it is Plastic Free July, so start collecting whatever plastic you want and making the world a greener, more sustainable place. So on that note, thank you so much, Ryan. I look forward to seeing you on the 20th. To all those tuning in, thank you so much for being with us here on Be Our Planet Solution on the Word of Mom Radio Network. We're going to close out with our theme song from the Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So until next time, this is Tonya Terrell saying, remember, we can be our planet's solution one reusable at a time. Bye-bye. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true.